Exodus chapter 20, and uh, I will say tonight that I appreciate the Lord helping us this morning, and I pray that He'll help us a few moments tonight. Exodus chapter number 20, and verse number 8, Exodus 20 and verse number 8. The Bible said, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, in it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy hand, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within the gate. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in, that in them is, and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Father, I ask you to bless the reading of thy word. I pray that you would touch us physically and spiritually and mentally tonight. I pray, God, that you would give us the words to say what you would have us to say. And may the Holy Spirit do the work that desperately needs to be done. And we'll love you and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject. On keeping Sunday special in the home. Keeping Sunday special in the home. I recently read a book by uh, Dr. Adrian Rogers where he was talking about uh, in that book this very verse here. And he said the rest day of the week ought to be the best day of the week. And certainly that is true. I mean, we know that here the Bible is talking about the Sabbath, and we know the Sabbath was Saturday, that it is not Sunday, and that uh, the, we're not under the law. We don't live under the Old Testament economy, so therefore uh, we're not required to keep the, uh, the Sabbath. But we do, when we think about the principle... Uh, that is being taught here. It is a day of rest. And when you go back uh, in the Word of God, there are three days of rest. That Actually, there's four, but there are three that we ought to pay careful attention to. There is creation's rest on the day uh, the Bible talks about when God in Genesis chapter number 1 and chapter number 2, uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says that on the seventh day, uh, God rested. Amen? And so there is creation's rest. And then, uh, here in this text tonight, there is a covenant rest that God gave to Israel uh, here when He gave the Ten Commandments, and they are to keep the uh, the Sabbath day. They were to keep it holy, and they was to rest on that seventh day, on that Saturday. And then uh, there is Calvary's rest. Amen? And when you think about it, the cross, when Jesus went to the cross, in Matthew uh, chapter number 11, in verse number 28, He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen? Now, why were they needing rest? They were living under uh, that Old Testament economy and they were bringing in animals and, and sacrifices and burnt offerings. Uh, and Jesus came to provide a day of rest uh, uh, for them and for you and for me. Amen. And he said, listen, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, uh, for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest uh, unto your souls. Uh, and that's what Calvary did. Thank God when Jesus uh, died on the cross uh, and when he shed his blood, uh, it opened up a fountain. Amen. As he became, became the, uh, the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. Uh, uh, John said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And that's what Jesus did at Calvary. When God laid the sin of all humanity upon his back uh, and turned his back on him uh, and turned the lights out uh, in the universe. Uh, and Jesus bore our sin and he bore our sorrow uh, and he bore our suffering. Uh, and he gave us rest uh, through the blood of his cross. Amen. 
And so there is a Calvary's rest this, uh, this, this evening. And we think about that. And one day, thank God, there'll be a celestial rest uh, when God lifts the curse off this earth. Uh, uh, but we know this, this evening that uh, when we think about the Sabbath day, uh, we know that that's not the day, that's not the holy day that we keep. Amen? We keep Sunday, which is the first day of the week. I want to say Sunday is not the end of a weekend, but it's the beginning of the first day of the week. Isn't that right? Uh, you say, well now preacher, why do we keep the sa- uh, Sunday? Why is why do we not keep the Sabbath? Uh, well, in Matthew or Mark chapter number 16 and verse number 15 or verse number 19, uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus resurrected uh, on Sunday, on that first day of the week. Amen? And then Jesus met with his disciples on the first day of the week after his resurrection. In John chapter number 20, the disciples were commissioned to go preach the gospel on the first day of the week in John chapter number 20. The Holy Spirit was imparted to the apostles uh, and the church on the day of Pentecost uh, in Acts chapter number 2. And the Spirit of God was given to the disciples uh, in John chapter number 20 all on the first day of the week. Amen. You see, the church was born uh, uh, on the first day of the week. Uh, The book of Revelation was given to John in Revelation chapter number 1 on the first day of the week. Uh, And the early church uh, uh, gathered and collected their offering uh, on the first day of the week. Amen. You see, this is the Lord's day. Can I get a witness on that? Uh, This is the day uh, because of the resurrection, because of the commissioning of the gospel, uh, because of the birth of the church. Uh, This is that holy day in the New Testament that has been set aside. uh, And I want to say this holy day ought to be a special day in the life of every believer. Amen. And it ought to be special in our homes today. It ought to not be the mentality, let's have less church on Sunday, but let's have more church on Sunday. When you think about this commandment, uh, this is how church ought to be. When you think about creation's rest, what is that day? Creation's rest. Uh, you know, the Bible says that God neither slumbered nor sleeps. So when God rested on the seventh day, He didn't rest because He was tired. Can I get an amen? Uh, God did not get weary. In fact, Isaiah chapter 40 says that even the youth shall faint and shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, He shall renew their strength. Amen. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. Uh, they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Uh, uh, God never gets tired. God never gets weary. Uh, uh, God never runs out of strength. Uh, so if God rested on the seventh day, then what was God doing? That rest is the same kind of rest and I don't know anything about music, but I know what I read. That same kind of rest on that Sabbath day is the same kind of rest in a song. It is a pause. It's the rest in that musical part of that song that causes that pause that allows us to reflect on what has just been said or what has just been done. And when God rested on the seventh day, God was resting from His labor in the fact that God put a pause. Uh, He rested on that seventh day. He looked back and He reflected on everything that God had had done in in creation. And the Bible says that it was all good. And when it came to man, it was very good, the Word of God says. Uh, And so God rested. Uh, He reflected. Hey, that's what Sunday is supposed to be a day. It's not supposed to be a day where you sleep till 11 o'clock and you go 
go back into a coma at 2 o'clock. Somebody say amen. But Sunday is the day when we pause and we reflect back on the goodness of God and what God has done in our life. Amen. Not only creation's rest uh, was a day of reflection, but think about that covenant rest here in this text here. That is a day of commitment. Amen? They were to keep that covenant because they were making a commitment to God that they would keep God's commandments, that they would obey God's law, that they would follow God's will, that they would follow God's way. Is that not what Sunday should be for us? Uh, It ought to be a day of reflection on the goodness of God in our life, uh, but Sunday also should be a day of commitment. Amen? It ought to be a day where we renew our vows uh, and we make commitments to God on a weekly basis. Uh, It ought to be a time uh, when we make commitments to the church and the things of God. Amen. It ought to be a day of commitment. Then I think about Calvary's rest was a day of completion. Everything was completed at Calvary. Can I get a witness on that? I want to tell you, our week will not be complete without Sunday. You can miss church on Sunday. Listen, you can have you can have COVID and miss church on Sunday. I think that I think that's a good excuse to miss church. Can I get a witness on that? But it's not the same. You can watch, you can stay home and you can listen to preaching all day long, but there's no replacement for church. They can be uh, live video uh, uh, videos that can be made. Uh, and thank God for technology to preach so that we can have some kind of outlet. I couldn't imagine 2020 with not having these avenues. And I bless the Lord for that. But at the same time, you agree with me that when you miss church, that week is not complete. Amen. Because Calvary completed it all. And Sunday ought to be a day of reflection. And Sunday ought to be a day of, of commitment, just like here. And then Sunday ought to be a day of completion. It gets the week started in the right direction. It gets the home started in the right direction. That's why church is so important. That's why we can't afford to miss the house of God. That's why you need to raise them in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and even on Wednesday night. Somebody say it, man. That's why it ought to be a priority. Their week will not be complete without church, and it ought to be a special day in our house. That celestial rest, you know what it's going to be? It'd be a day of celebration. And church ought to be a day of celebration. Amen. I know it's in our it's in our language because it's where we live. We can't help but to talk about certain things. But would anybody agree with this statement tonight? That uh, if, listen, there's some subjects. If I never heard uh, the word Corona again, I would just be tickled pink. Can somebody say Amen to that? If I never heard, uh, uh, listen, the word election again, I would just be tickled pink. Somebody say that Amen to that. And if I never heard the word Biden again, I would be tickled pink. Somebody say Amen right there. Uh, but the nevertheless, uh, I'm just simply saying this. Uh, we don't come to church to talk about all that all day long. Amen. I mean, there's enough going on out there uh, to depress every one of us in here. But the truth of the matter is, uh, uh, brethren, we met to worship and adorn uh, uh, the Lord our God. Uh, I still stand amazed uh, in the presence of Jesus and Nazarene. Uh, and church ought to not be a dead place. Uh, a church ought to be a place of celebration uh, in the good times and in the bad. Uh, it ought to be an oasis in the desert uh, where we can come uh, and get a cool drink of water in a dry and thirsty land. Uh, we ought to come uh, with the anticipation to worship and to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what this day is all about. And when you think about it this morning or this evening, the, the resting day ought to be the best day of the entire week. Don't raise your hand or, or respond, but 
What is your favorite day of the week? Some people live for Friday because it's payday. Some people live for Saturday because it's their free day to go do stuff. I don't know anybody living for Monday or Wednesday. Somebody say amen right there. But you know what? Sunday for a believer ought to be the most special day of the week. Everything that happens through the week ought to build towards Sunday. Everything that goes on. You say, well, preacher, that's extreme. Well, listen, we serve an extreme God. It's not extreme, it's normal. It's it's abnormal in this abnormal world, but I want to tell you, everything ought to be pointing towards Sunday in the home. Everything ought to be building towards Sunday in the home. Sunday ought to be the most special day of the week. It's the day where God meets with His people. It's the day where God makes lifelong changes in our homes and in our hearts and our family. Hey, it's the day of the week that God rescues us from the things of this world. Sunday ought to be a special day. The most special day of the week. And how do I make Sunday a special day in my home? I want to give you four things and be done. Number one, if you want to make this, this day, how to keep Sunday a special day in your home. How to keep it special. Number one, I want to tell you tonight, it takes preparation. you got to prepare if you want Sunday to be the best day of the week. I want to say tonight, every special day requires preparation. Isn't that right? You take a birthday, you take an anniversary, you take Thanksgiving, you take whatever day you want to take. And isn't it amazing now? They got a special day for every month. Amen. I mean, listen, uh, uh, they've got, uh, there's, there's just some things I'm not going to celebrate. Somebody say amen. Isn't that right? I'm not celebrating postal day. Isn't that right? I'm not celebrating garbage day. I don't know why anybody wants to celebrate garbage day anyway. Amen. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to celebrate. There, we celebrate certain things, but how we celebrate them is based on one thing. It's based on the individual. Amen. That birthday is special to you because of who it is. Uh, That anniversary is special to you because of who it is. Uh, Well, Sunday ought to be special to every one of us uh, because of who it is. Uh, Every Sunday ought to be a special day because Sunday's not about the preacher and Sunday's not about the church uh, and Sunday's not about the choir and Sunday's not about the Sunday school teacher or the Sunday school class, uh, but Sunday is about the Lord uh, and that ought to be special enough for every one of us. We ought to prepare for it. We ought to make plans for Sunday. Can I get a witness on that? I mean, we ought to get ready in advance. Amen. That's what you do for special occasions. Uh, you get in, you get ready in advance for that special day. And we ought to get ready. You say, well, preacher, how do you make preparation? I'll tell you how to make preparation for Sunday. Uh, listen, you got to start on Saturday. Amen. You got to start with your mind and start thinking about church on Sunday, on Saturday. Don't wait till the clock goes off on Sunday morning to start thinking about church on Sunday. Now, what I'm going to preach tonight is real practical, but it's also very necessary in this hour, especially if we're going to continue on in this day and time. I'm telling you, listen, friend, don't let Sunday start on Sunday in your house. Let Sunday start on Saturday in your house. See how do you do that? You start talking to your family about church before Sunday. You start building anticipation. It ought to be natural. Amen. Listen, uh, uh, you get in early on Saturday. Can I get a witness on that? 
That means, listen, don't stay out till 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Don't go to the drag strip on Saturday night. Don't go down to the dirt track on Saturday night. Amen and amen and amen. Uh, listen, don't stay out till midnight watching a football game. Uh, if you want to do that on Friday, I say help yourself. Uh, uh, but I tell you, listen, if you're going to have a spiritual mind, in fact, if you're going to have any mind on Sunday, you're going to have to get in early on Saturday. Listen, you say, well, preacher, that just sounds old. No, that sounds responsible is what that is. Uh, that's just being responsible and putting the Lord first. Uh, and you've got to prepare by getting in early on Saturday. I like to be home early on Saturday. Now, it didn't happen that way last night. My wife was preaching in Louisiana. So her plane didn't get in until 1130. And, uh, but, uh, you know, there are exceptions, I reckon, when your wife's off preaching. Oh, we're on tape. I might ought to clarify that, shouldn't we? Amen. She don't preach too much. But, uh, you know what? Uh, there are things that come up. I understand that. You ought to make preparation to be home on Saturday evening. Amen. Get in early. Don't stay out late. You, you can't have a spiritual mind staying out late. Staying out late's never good. Help your family get everything laid out and get it ready. I mean, get everything prepared. Get a Sunday dinner prepared. And that doesn't mean, you know, get a few hot dogs out of the, out of the, out of the freezer. You know, uh, it doesn't mean pull out a, a, a microwave lasagna. God help. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you had one today, I'm sorry. The good news is you'll probably have it again about 2 o'clock in the morning. Amen. That's right. Well, I mean, but you know what I mean? Hey, help prepare for Sunday. Amen. I don't come to church on Sunday in a t-shirt and a pair of blue jeans. Uh, I mean, if that's all you got, come. Amen. And I'm talking about put out your Sunday best. Uh, uh, listen, you wouldn't wear that. The president's coming in. Uh, and if you did, then you need to be taught a little bit more character than that. Can I get a witness on that? But I'm just simply saying this. Uh, uh, you've got to make some preparation. Uh, get in early. Get started. Uh, start making preparation on Saturday. For Sunday. It doesn't hurt a man to help his wife every now and then. Can I get a witness there? That's right. Ain't nothing wrong with a man. Ain't nothing wrong with a man helping his wife get some things ready. You say, it's not my place. Well, if you love her, you ought to want to. Can I get a witness there? Help her get things ready. And then go to bed at a decent time. Isn't that right? The Bible said it's foolish to sit up late and rise early. It's not foolish to rise early. It's just foolish to sit up late and then try to get up early. Go to bed at a decent time. You say, preacher, that's awful simple, but it'll help you. You say, why would you preach that? Because you'll be amazed the people that sit up watching football till 1230 last night and they got a hangover because Florida beat Georgia. Amen. I knew I'd get an amen right there. <laughs> Or something else. Go to bed. Rest your mind. Rest your body. Get up early. Y'all at least get up at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning. Amen. Get up. Get ready. I mean, that's getting up. That's not too early. And honestly, it's not if you go to bed a decent time. You say, well, I don't want to get up at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning because you need to prepare for Sunday. 
You need to play some good music. You need, you need, to, you need to get your mind in the right frame. You need to, to help your family. If you're, help your wife. Get those kids ready. Help, help them get things set. Uh, don't leave it all to, to just one person. And, and help your husband. And um, have some kind of tradition. Whether it be Sunday morning breakfast or whether it be, uh, uh, whether it be lunch, dinner, after church on Sunday. But you ought to get up and get in the right frame of mind. Amen. If the kids are going to have to get a whipping on Sunday, get them up at 6 so you can whip them at 8 so they'll be right by 9 or 10. Amen. I'm talking about there's just advantages to getting up early on Sunday. Get up early. Play some good music and preaching. Don't let the songs you hear here, that you, that you sing here, and the sermon you hear at the sanctuary on Sunday, don't let that be the first songs you hear on Sunday. Don't let, don't let the Sunday school lesson you hear at 10 o'clock be the first lesson you've heard on Sunday. You say, Brother Grant, you're talking about getting up at 6 on Sunday. If you get up at 6 and go to work on Monday, most people get up before that. Got to be at work at 6. I'm talking about the most special day of the week. Deserves preparation. You ought to get up early enough on Sunday so you can pray for the pastor. Pray for the Sunday school teachers, the singers. Can you imagine the power that would flow from this place next Sunday if every individual just did these simple things and prayed? Prepare your heart on Sunday. Pray for your, your wife. Pray for your children on Sunday. I don't want to say too much about that right now, but, but pray for them. Listen, read some Scripture before you go to church. Do something that the world knows nothing about. Take time for meditation. You know, the psalmist talked about meditating. God will speak to you if you'll read His Word and then meditate on it. You want meditation in? It's just a quiet place from a busy world thinking, getting ready for Sunday. Oh, listen, I'm going to tell you, it ought to be a morning of not hustle and bustle, but it ought to be a morning of rest. If there's a night of rest, there can be a morning. I'm talking about preparation. How, preacher, how do you make Sunday the best day of the week? Preparation. Secondly, praise. When you get out of the bed on Sunday morning, you ought to get up with the intention to do one thing on Sunday. That's praise God. You know, if you start praising God on Sunday, you'll praise Him the rest of the week. You say, what do you mean? I mean, get up in the morning and praise Him in a secret place of prayer. Praise Him of sitting there looking out the window on Sunday. Thank God for the day that God has given you, that He's allowed you another day this side of eternity to, uh, to live. you got to get up early to think about those things. Uh, you can't just roll out of the bed and comb your hair and brush your teeth uh, and rush off to church uh, and be in a mind frame to think about those. Uh, uh, get your family up uh, and listen, play some music that will cause them to worship and think. Uh, hey, listen, nothing like waking up uh, to Beulah Land. Amen. Nothing like waking up to some of them old hymns uh, and put up a song in your heart uh, and before you ever leave the house uh, it'll get the grumpiness and the gripiness out of your soul uh, I tell you listen uh, I, I miss going to the back door and not shaking hands uh, uh, during all of this uh, uh, but there's one advantage I reckon to anything uh, and that is you don't have to shake a grizzly bear's hand uh, uh, during all of this uh, you say preacher nobody comes to church with an attitude uh, oh you ought to go stand at the back door sometimes uh, uh, people will come in and you, know, you just even shudder to ask them how are you doing you can look at some people and tell they're in a bad mood. Now, don't y'all be so spiritual on that. They got up mad. It's bad when you get up mad. Get up and worship God. Get up and praise God. 
Get up on Sunday morning uh, and listen. Uh, uh, have a have a conversation with God. Have a conversation with your family about the Lord. Uh, come together in a family unit or as a couple. Ready. Don't gossip. Don't talk about things. Uh, you know what that'll do? That'll help you come to, to church with a positive spirit, a positive attitude. Uh, you'll come to church ready for worship. Uh, it won't take three songs and a special and the preacher pumping and primer uh, just to get an amen out of you. You come to church and then you're ready to amen the Sunday school teacher. You're ready to sing in the choir. You're ready to sing in the congregational songs. You're ready to say amen, praise Him during the preaching. Amen. Give some amens. Hey, we need some ameners in the church house today. You want church to die, just get quiet in it. Amen. You want the church uh, to become, uh, uh, listen, all uh, uh, word only but no spirit? Uh, then stop magnifying God. You say, why does that go together? Because the Bible says the Lord uh, inhabits the praises of His people. Now the Word of God will help you. And the Word of God is good. Uh, I'll tell you where God will show up. Uh, where people will be praising God uh, while the Word of God is being preached. Amen. I wouldn't give you a nickel for a crowd. That'll shout during singing and then get... Graveyard dead during preaching. Amen. I like it when it gets so good around here. Sometimes you just have to. I mean, listen, I don't feel no burden to preach. And sometimes people testify and the sermon will just leave. I can't explain that. But I know when it's gone. Amen. And I know not to try to go on and preach. I'd just be preaching by myself. But I'm telling you, I'm not necessarily talking about those times. But I'm talking about, listen, if we shout during singing, we ought to shout during preaching. Amen. I'm telling you, they ought to be a steady ready to go to the house of God and get in the house of God and say amen to the truth. You can praise God while preaching is going on. You can back the man of God up and God will bless him and God will bless you while you're doing that. Amen. I pray it always stays that way around here. It's all We've always been blessed with people that would magnify and worship God. And I praise Him in the testifying. Say something good. Something positive. Don't get up and give a testimony that sounds whiny or wimpy. Amen. If you're in a feel sorry mode then that day, then you probably don't need to testify. Let somebody else testify. So I can't believe you said that, preacher. Well, if you only you had to listen to it. Let's just be honest. A testimony is not me getting up and, 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 and whining about how hard I've had it in life. We have not had it hard. Can I get an amen? I am telling you, we don't know what it is to have it hard in life. We may be going to find out in the next four years. I pray to God we don't. But the truth is, God's been good to us. He's blessed us. Sure, we have our ups and we have our downs. But when we go to church through all of that, what I ought to be doing is talking about how good He's been to me, how much He's blessed me. Anything less than a slaughter ought to be counted a blessing in our life. And to magnify means to glorify. To testify means to uplift. Don't pull the congregation down, but praise God, magnify God, lift His name up. Amen. If something terrible happened to you this week and you want to come to church and just tell about the terrible thing, you probably don't need to do that. That's not going to give God glory. If something terrible happened to you and God took care of you and you want to come to church and tell how God took care of you, that'll give God glory. Just make sure that you major on the God that took care of you. 
and not the terrible, terrible thing that happened to you. That's very elementary, but it's important. I'll tell you why. Because in your home, your children need to see you strong in faith. Children don't feel secure. A spouse don't feel secure in a man that don't have much faith. I'm not telling you tonight that I have great faith. But I know that when adversity comes and my faith is tried and tested, she needs to see my faith strong. That can only be if God helps me. I don't have it in myself. But I can pray for it. And you can pray for it. I want to tell you tonight, we ought to prepare and we ought to praise. You want Sunday to be this most special day of the week? Spend the day magnifying God. When you go home and sit around the dinner table on Sunday, don't talk about, listen, don't talk about the, the, all the negative things of the world, but sit around the table and talk about the service. Talk about the singing. We'll say, boy, wasn't it good to have the Hensons here today? Wasn't did Brother Danny Allen today? That song blessed my heart everywhere there is a blessing. Amen? And then talk about the sermon. Amen? Boy, I'm glad Brother Gravely didn't preach half as long. No, don't say that. Amen? But you know what? Talk about the sermon and how God used the Word of God to help your soul and how that the Bible will help you and talk about and then hey ask one another hey listen what did you get out of the service what did God do for you today you know what you may be surprised in doing that it may be something that you can pick up on how they're doing spiritually they may be doing well and they may not be doing so well if they don't want to talk about the service that's a good indicator you need to go pray for them amen but when you sit around that table it ought to be table talk that honors God it ought to be table talk that glorifies Him we ought to avoid anything that would be distracting or anything that would be dishonoring to God. I'll talk about him. I learned something through watching Brother Sammy Allen down through the years. Brother Sammy Allen loved baseball. And he knew a lot about baseball. He didn't talk much about it, but he knew a lot about it. He liked Willie Mays. And uh, you could talk to him a little bit about Willie Mays and he'd talk about two minutes. And you could see him kind of light up a little bit about that. He would talk about two minutes about Willie Mays and baseball. And then he'd go right back and talk about Faith Baptist Camp and Concord Missionary Baptist Church. Or he'd talk about the Word of God. He was a spiritual man, wasn't he? And tonight, if you want to make Sunday a special place, your home needs to know that Sunday is the day that we praise God. It's not the day that we praise the God of sports. Amen. It's not the day that we praise the God of NASCAR. It's the day that we praise God. If you're more excited about a NASCAR race than you are church on Sunday, friend, your priorities are mixed up. I want to say to make Sunday a special day, it ought to be a day of praise. And then it ought to be a day of prayer. Pray in the morning, pray in the afternoon, pray at night. Thank God for the day. Go home tonight and say, Lord, thank you for my church. Thank you for the good services. God, thank you for letting me be able to go to church. As you look around, there's a number of people that can't be here tonight. God, thank you. Pray specific prayers for your family, for your church. You know, I'm praying for this church. I think the door's just about open. I obviously don't know that 100%, but I believe that. I believe God's fixing to open that door. You know what God said when I opened the door? He said, I'll open a door that no man can shut. Hallelujah. Sometimes we pray and we don't see things happen. But if we'll just pray on, 
How Sunday ought to be a day of prayer for God's power, God's saving power. Ask God to work in your life specifically. When you get up on, on Sunday morning, ask God, God, well, I'm asking you this morning to help our church, but I'm asking you, Lord, when's the last time you said this, God? I'm asking you this morning. Brother Gravely does not know what I need. The Sunday school teacher does not know what I need. But God, you know what I need. I don't even know what I need, but God, I'm asking you, would you take the service would you take the sermon and would you use, would you speak to my heart? God, I'm specifically opening my heart this morning. And God, I'm opening my heart and I'm asking you to not only help me, but I'm asking you to help my spouse. Lord, there's things I'm praying for her and areas that she needs help in and things she's shared with me. And God, I'm asking you this morning to take that book and take that Bible and take some testimony and minister to her heart. And then God, help my children and help my grandchildren. And I'm talking about prayer. I listen, bathe that day in prayer and ask God to do something in your home. I think sometimes we go home at the end of a Sunday. The only thing on our mind, if we're not careful, can be the start of another week. And sometimes it can be a failure to just simply ask God. Have you ever been in a good service but went home and felt like you got nothing? I have. I don't blame the church. I don't blame the people. I blame me. Because I failed to, to ask God to do something specific in my life. I'll, I'll tell you the other side of that coin. I've been in some of the deadest services where it didn't seem like God was nowhere to be found. And that preacher would say one thing that I needed. The whole sermon could have been a botch. But that one thing was worth a thousand sermons. You know where that comes from? You gotta ask him. I wonder what God would do Sunday after Sunday in Bible Baptist Church. If everybody from the youth department to the senior citizens started praying Sunday in and Sunday out, God, this is the most special day of the week. Lord, I'm asking you to do something in my life. I don't even know what I need, God, but you know what I need, and I'm asking you, I'm praying. Lord, I'm asking you for my children today. They are not even aware. They may not even be tuned in. They may have even zoned you out. But God of heaven, I'm asking you to stop by the door of their heart today. I'm asking you as young as they are. They may only be three or four years old. They may only be five years old. But dear God, you're big enough to visit the door of their heart. You're big big enough to put something in there that I can't even see. That'll come out. That'll surface. uh, That'll blossom somewhere down life's road. Uh, Don't you believe God is big enough to do that? Uh, I not only believe God is big enough... uh, but I've seen God do that before. Sometimes those prayers that you pray today, they may not blossom till decades later. But I'll tell you, rest assured, they're not falling on a deaf ear. Pray for your spouse. God, would you give her some security, some comfort? Would you give her some help? Maybe there's some area that you know that they're struggling in and only you and them know, God, I can't help them and I can't give them the words. But God, just, a, just, a, just one little phrase of your word can help them. Sunday, a day of prayer. And then I want to say in closing, a day of persistence. I want to tell you how God works on Sundays. Oftentimes, it's not the dramatic Sundays that changes us. It's the ordinaries. We can all look back at Sundays in this church that God has manifested Himself. I remember a Sunday night, sitting right there, the Holy Ghost said, 
and people were shouting and praising God. And the Holy Ghost said, preach on hell. I didn't even have a sermon with me on hell. And God said, preach on hell. And preached on hell that night. God moved in that service and six people got saved. That was a great service. I remember one Wednesday night we came in here several years ago. And God met with us. Uh, listen, I, I typically on Wednesday night, I like to close or like to be given an invitation at eight o'clock. If God moves in a different way, I, I'm not going to worry about that, but that's just something that I've done down through the years. And, uh, listen, the next pastor comes one day, he may preach till 930. I don't know, but in my heart, that's how God always seemed to work. But on that Wednesday night, we didn't get out of church till 945. The high winds of heaven blew through here. In a midweek, that's why you never miss church on Wednesday. God moved. Those are unusual times, but can I tell you how God will work in your home? Sunday in and Sunday out. The persistence of every Sunday, we're going to Sunday school. We're fixing to start Sunday school next Sunday. We have an auditorium class. We're not going to meet over here. We're going to meet with an auditorium class next Sunday. And eventually move back into our classrooms. But Sunday school is very, very important. Don't ever let anybody tell you Sunday school is not important. It's important because it's another hour, another opportunity to hear the Word of God. It's important because it builds foundational uh, truths and doctrines in the life of your home and your children. It's a reinforcement time. Sure, we hear some of the things that, that we already know over and over again. And then we learn things that we don't know. But we hear a lot of truths that we already know. But where would we be without Sunday school? Uh, listen, think about all the great preachers. Think about all the great missionaries. Think about all the great evangelists. Uh, think about the godly homes uh, that have been built because a, a godly Sunday school teacher took time to pray over that little lesson and taught about Daniel and the lion's den and taught about David and Bathsheba and taught about Noah building the ark. Hey, those are things that many people out in this world does not know. I'm telling you, listen, that persistence of saying, hey, we're going to Sunday school and we're not dragging in 10 minutes late. We're not coming in on the fly, thank God. We're getting up early enough on Sunday. We're making preparation. We're going to praise God as a family. We're going to spend time in prayer and we're going to be faithful. To the house of God. Sunday morning. And then Sunday night. And Wednesday night. Being faithful to church. Faithful parents raise faithful children. If you're here tonight. And you've got a prodigal son or daughter. Don't lose hope. Because i got good news for you. All those times that you were faithful to Sunday school. All those times that you was faithful to take them to church. All them Wednesday nights that you could have had them out on a ball field somewhere, but you kept them in the house of God. God will not forget that. He will be faithful. Because you were faithful. Raise them in the house of God and teach them that going to church is not a priority. It's the number one priority. There's nothing going on anywhere in and around this world that's more important than you being in the house of God Three times a week. You young people listen to me. Don't you ever marry anyone. That won't be faithful to the house of God. Amen. That's not as committed. To what you are. I want to say. Be faithful to church. Be faithful to the choir. Be faithful to giving. Persistence. Persistence. Being persistent in spite of everything that you face. No we're going to keep going. 
COVID or no COVID. I understand we've had to, we've done everything, haven't we, over the last seven months? We've tried to use our head, but we've tried to keep the doors open persistently. Being faithful when they hit the teenage years of their life. And they say things like this, well, I don't want to go to church tonight. You say, how do I respond to that? You just get a good leather belt and say, you are going to church. Amen. Now, you can go you can go looking like the American flag or you can go looking like yourself. Come on now. But you are going to church. Church is not an option. Amen. Church is not an option. You don't ask them when they want to go to church. And, and you sure don't ask them where they want to go to church. Amen. If you tell them to brush their teeth, uh, you tell them to go to uh, that they're going to go to school, you ought to tell them, listen, church is far more important than brushing your teeth. And I'll tell you, that's important. Somebody say amen. That's very important. It's more important than school. Come on now, give me an amen over here. Church is important. And I'm harping on it for this reason. Pastors have a great responsibility now. People have missed Sunday school for so long that, let's just be honest, some will never go back. Many have, and I'm not talking about people in our church that have health issues. I'm talking about people that it's been in their heart a long time. They don't want to go to Sunday school. They don't want to go to church on Wednesday night. And they've been out of it so long that it's just going to be easy for them to not go back. Don't let that become the norm. Be faithful. Be faithful. I don't care how many people stop having church. I don't care. It's, it's popular for churches to not have Wednesday night prayer meeting. It's the going thing to have small groups on Sunday night, and this is becoming foreign. Revival days, if we plan a week-long revival, that means we're having five nights. Be here five nights. Amen. Don't be off selling Tupperware on, on Monday night or whatever you sell. Be here at church. Come to revival. Be faithful. We're going to have at least a one-week revival in January. I was thinking about this, Brother Daniel. We missed four weeks of revival this year. We ought to have a four-week revival. What if God... Let us just go to church the whole month of January. Wouldn't that be a blessing? I'm looking while I'm saying that. Hey, I'm telling you, the God of yesterday is still the God of today. You know why we had a three and a half week revival over there? 37 people got saved. I'm going to tell you why. Because church was special. You know why God's blessed this church down through the years? Because church has been special. And I won't stop and say this. I thank God for the young couples in this church that are here because they want to raise their family. They, they may not be silver-haired and, old, and, and gray-haired and have wrinkles, but they're as much the old-time way, aren't they, as the gray-haired saints of God. They're, wanting, they're walking in that same way. That gives hope to this church, doesn't it? That there's families that say, I'm going that same way. But I want to tell you, mom and dad, there'll be a temptation. The devil will try to ruin your home. But that persistence, I, I stand amazed at this. I've watched people when they've lost loved ones and other things. And really, if they missed church, I would have understood it. But they went on anyway. 
I went by and saw Brother Roach this afternoon. And when I walked in, he was asleep. But when he woke up, I seen some tears run out of his eyes. I said, Brother, I just wanted to come. I, I saw him on Friday, but I, I think it was Friday. Might have been Thursday. I said, Brother, I'll come by today. I, just, I come by to see you the other day myself. But I said, I, I wanted to come by and tell you that Bible Baptist Church loves you and they're missing you. They can't all come here right now, but I said, I want you to know they, you're in their heart. I told Minnie May, I said, this church dearly loves you, and we appreciate all the years, all the years that you've been faithful, that you've loved this church, and you've been here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Don't you thank God for that? But there are young people sitting here tonight that you carry that same testimony right now. Don't you throw that away. You, if you have, and I'm sure you have, but no matter how hard it gets, you purpose in your heart. I have this attitude. I don't care what other families do. I don't care what other people say. I'm going to raise my kids in church faithfully, persistently, all the days of their life. And I promise you, if you do that, You'll never look back and be sorry a day in your life as we stand tonight.